How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Miami Dolphins' fifth quarter postgame show and the Miami Dolphins podcast network is all here. Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie from the Fish Tank. I am Travis Wingfield, the host of the Drive Time podcast. And guys, let's go ahead and count them down. One, two, Three, four, five, six. That's seven Seven straight. in a row. And that puts the Dolphins with two games to go, Juice, into the seventh position in the AFC. Man, oh, man. Hey, <laughs> it, was, it was a long day, Travis. It was a long day, long man. Way, juice, long way. You're like chopping at the bit at like nine this morning, Juice. Early this morning, man. I was like, man, I hate these games, man, but I love them as a player, bro. But I'm going to tell you what, man, what a great job these guys do. Go out on the road no matter what the situation is, the circumstances, and find a way to win. Like you said, seven in a row, man. Who would have thought a team that was 1-0 and and 1-7 and would be 8-7 and at this point? Well, you and I did, Travis. I don't know about Big Seth, but you and I thought it would be this way. <laughs> Wait a minute. I never said they couldn't Catching do it. I just want to talk about it. For it's a, a one game. Guys, it's a one-game season, okay? I'm focused on Tennessee right now. I know we're going to talk about this, and there's a lot of good to talk about. But it's a one-game season, and that's how they got it done. Yeah. It's very easy to fall apart when you lose seven in a row, Juice, but they didn't. Yeah, and you know what? And that's one thing that we you have to talk about, man. You have to tip your cap to Coach Flores and those guys in that locker room who never quit, man. They never quit. They never, never wavered. And you look at some of our losses. We had three times we got beat down, but the rest of them were some really, really tight games, overtime loss and things like that. But his team never quit. It never quit, man. And today, you know, like everybody's gonna say, "Well, look who they played against." Doesn't well, matter. They're battling. They're battling their butts off for playoff positions as well over there, man. So, is yeah. anybody saying, "Oh, well, Buffalo beat you twice, but you know, Tua didn't play in one of those games"? Nobody's looking back at the games they beat us. Oh, well, they were on a seven-game losing streak. Those wins don't count. It's a National Football League victory. That's all that matters, and it's seven of them in a row. With I don't care of, who they play. With a bunch of guys that are getting paid to play football, and when the Dolphins go out in a game like that, what do they do besides 0 for 12 on third downs? The Saints gained five yards. Say that again real quick. 0 for 12. I've never seen anything like it. And they gained five yards, and that was in the negative before Kamara hits a 19-yard run right. on third and 20. <laughs> the Saints gained 164 yards of offense, and, had, and the Dolphins sacked the quarterback eight times in the game. That's how you come in yeah, and you – whether or not you want to talk about quality of opponent, who's available for the Saints. I know COVID's been crazy throughout the course of the league all week long, and teams are battling through it. Miami battled through it last week, but you know what, Juice? Seven wins is seven wins in a row, and I don't. it's not going to say in the standings or the box score right. opponents weren't very good. It says eight and seven. Well, it definitely does, man. You know what it does say as well? I don't, I don't care who we're playing against, man. That defense, you can't take anything away from that defense. Nothing. Like you talk about, the eight sacks today, 164 total yards. You know, I mean, that's – I don't care who's out there. The way that defense is playing, I, I put them up against anybody right now, man. And, you know, like you said, we talked about this a little bit last week. 
you know, defense in a situation like this, uh, you go out there and you're able to run the ball a little bit, but your defense travels. Our defense traveled today. We got some guys back in the secondary when we got Javon Holland back. You know, you saw Brandon Jones out there making plays and need him. Our corners are back. We are about as, knock on wood, as healthy as we've been this time of year, and that's oh, super important. Knock on some wood again. Yeah, okay, knock on wood Thank again. You. You know, and that's important when you're trying to make a playoff push. Remember I said this a long time ago, Travis, they only remember what you do in December. Right now, December's looking pretty good for us right now. And I think the stat would say 19 Uh, uh, and 7. Sure, yeah, I don't have it in front of me, man. I didn't get my stats today. Whatever it is, Brian Flores' teams win in December, and they win in November, and that's what's happening here. We'd like to get off to a little quicker start, but we can't go back and erase history. You know, they lost seven in a row. I hated it. It was miserable. We stood, we stared at each other just like this for seven weeks. And, you know, I, I mean, golly, it was like, what are we going to do? I, I, I didn't know if Juice was going to make it through the season at one point. I thought I was going to get fired. Yeah. You were going to try to get fired. Thought you were going to get fired. Thought you were going to get everybody else fired. Thought you were... You didn't quit, Juice. I did And not. I appreciate that. I don't know who's going to take the credit for it. I'll give it to Coach Flores as well. Neither does Miami Dolphins team. They're eight and seven, guys. Jake and Jenkins. Jason Jenkins is the reason. When he came in the yeah. building, I kind of calmed down. You did. I? You did. You tightened up quick when the boss like, man I was like, tough in. for a second there, wasn't I? That's a good, <laughs> that's a good point. I love the parallel really talking about point. the Dolphins didn't quit either. I mean, because you mentioned it. The show was – I mean, I still thought we did a great job of patting ourselves in the back here, but it was difficult to come in here and, and not just to lose games, but those last two games that we were talking about. I guess the Buffalo game was in there as well, but the Jacksonville and the Atlanta game coming in here and just – it was – it wasn't as much fun as it is right now, and the way this team is playing, it reminds me of who they were a season ago with the defense playing strong. The offense hit it when they had to, and I think the way we start here, Juice, talking about the offenses, what do you think of the overall approach in this game for the Dolphins where, you know, I think everyone kind of had an expectation for how the Saints' offense could perform in the circumstances. I think Miami did as well, and their offensive approach reflected that. Yeah, I thought it was our philosophy as we always do. You know, little RPO here, short passes there, trying to run it. You know, we didn't um, have the success we had last week running it, but at least we, you know, we, we kept them honest with the run game, found a few guys in the passing game. You know, but more importantly, man, I think that they knew that it was going to be tough on the Saints to move the football, so don't go out there and make a big mistake. Yeah, we had to turn over on the interception from Tua. It's kind of like a punt the way it happened, of course, you know. But at the same time, though, I mean – A lot better than a pick six on the outfit. Exactly right. So just don't go out there and mess it up. And the offense didn't go out there and mess it up. They played field position. You know, they took what the defense gave them. Remember now, you said it a bunch – Big Seth in the game, and then Travis, you talked about it. This is the same defense that shut Tom Brady out, you know. This is the same defense that shut Tom Brady out. Yeah, they're missing a couple guys, but the, the guys up front that were all in Tom there Brady's There were some good face, football players on the there, field on the defensive right, side of the ball. Were, no Absolutely. Doubt. And, look, when you play, everyone's going to talk about, oh, they played their fourth-string quarterback or whatever, and we'll see what Ian Book has over, over the next few years. We'll see what kind of a player he is or isn't. But when you play a guy like that who's, who's making his first-ever start, who never expected to be on the field – you know what you do? You hold them to 81 yards passing. You hold them to 0 and 12 on on third downs. You don't you you don't give up points. That's what you do to them, and that's exactly what this team did. And, and sure, the offense didn't look the way a lot of people would like for it to look. Yeah. And the defense is what won this football game. But that's the way they're built. Yeah. Who cares? Again, let's go back to the situation that we're in right now, guys. I don't know that I've ever watched a weekend of football and saw everything yeah, fall the yes. way you needed it to fall. We were texting each other like little kids yesterday. Oh my God, look what's going on. Oh my God, Buffalo's going to win. Oh my God, look at and And everything fell the way it needed to. And they came out here and got the W. And that's all that matters. Two more games left. 
one game season for me, but two more games left. If you got to win out, you can't win out until you win this one first. Right. And they did. I'm glad you mentioned the defensive players the Saints still had in this game because Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, those guys were all still out there. And Marshawn those are dudes. was too. And we talked yeah. how many times about did we see or how many times did we ask, you know, where's Devontae Parker been? Well, Marshawn Lattimore is covering him. That's where he was. That's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. And to your point, Seth, we got to break it down further here on, on a future segment coming up here. But two of finishes the game, 19 for 26. That's 73%. A buck 98, a touchdown, a pick, two sacks, a 91.5 pass rating. It's a defense that shut out Tom Brady last week. So I, I don't think it was as pretty as we would have hoped it was, but at the end of the day the results speak for itself Dolphins get the win that those numbers are very quality when you consider a Super Bowl champion quarterback last week did about half of that in terms of the passer rating so and the most important stat we, yeah is a W it's, it's, a w. it's all a matter seven straight we'll talk about Tua's game more what, what he ended up with in terms of the overall numbers where we're going to hear from coach Flores and Tua as well we'll also hand out some game balls we're with you until the early morning hours here on the 560 post game show again the final score was Miami 20 New Orleans 3 you're listening to the fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins radio Network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Tecron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron together ahead. And guys, we talked about the offense there a little bit, but I do want to go back to the defense because I think that was the story. I mean, of the game, I'm pretty clear. I don't think that really requires a whole lot of explanation. But <laughs> again, the 0 for 12 on third down. That's three straight games for Miami with five sacks, five straight games with three sacks, if you can put that together in your head, 43 sacks over the last seven games. And I think the part that really impressed me most, Juice, was the way they finished out this game. There was a series in the middle of the fourth quarter where Sealer finishes up with a huge sack for an 11-yard loss. Ogba then finishes him up with a huge hit. And then Eric Rowe comes in for a hit. You had Baker and Javon Holland combining for that sack and a big pop on the quarterback they were finishing these guys off and kind of sending a message to the rest of the league that this defense is not just good statistically against you know these these poor teams whatever you want to say they're gonna they're gonna bring the physicality too yeah man they shut down any potential threat like from the beginning you know every single time they had an opportunity it looked like to even get something going I mean you put the one stat out there over 12 on on third down that's 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 getting it done you know I think one for one on maybe four no one for three or something on fourth down as well yeah so one for 15 on third and fourth down yeah unbelievable yeah how how they did on on defense there was really no true threat out there and they tried to put a little drive together at the end the defense played their butts off man and and that's where you know we talked about it over and over and over again where our bread is buttered uh they got some guys over there that paid some big bucks to make big plays and that's what they do. Just a mix of young, a mix of old, bringing in a bunch of different guys to make plays for his team, man. It was fun. You know, when you sit up there and you watch and see a team get eight sacks and it's spread out through around the around the whole defense. You know, everybody seemed like they got a little piece of a, you know a, a book today, and it was important. Yeah, well, if you were listening to the, hopefully you were listening because that that was a rough. You know, that Monday night crew was definitely not dolphin favored. No. That's for sure. But if you were listening to to the game being called on WQAM, JT was ready to lead the booth. I love. That. He said he was ready to go downstairs and try to get a few sacks himself. Came out of retirement. Yeah, yeah, he was. He would have come out of retirement for, I think, the fourth quarter for this game and then gone right back into the booth. But, yeah, they were licking their chops, pinning their ears back, whatever phrase you want to use. And and it, it didn't matter if it was a defensive tackle, a linebacker, a defensive back. They were going after that young guy. They kept having the team meeting at the quarterback, man. And that's what you always want to do, man. You want to have a team meeting at the quarterback. Players and I'm going to tell only. you what. 
I'm going to tell you what. They always said, man, when you hit the quarterback, the whole team feels it. And he felt it more than anything. Man, I, got, I hope the they got a nice tub for that guy. Yeah, more book. <laughs> I saw and they told you beginning his whole family there, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a tough way to get started, man, against a, a Dolphin defense like hey. that, man. It's a tough way to start your career. And good on the players, but also good in the coaching staff because something that Seth came in a little bit fired up about was he wanted to get after that quarterback from the opening snap, and I thought they did that with pressure looks. They actually, Next Gen Stats posted a graphic, or they posted a graphic on the on the broadcast from Next Gen Stats that Miami blitzed him 70% of the passing plays in that Good. first half, and that was the most by any team in a single half this entire season. Juice, I loved the way they changed the picture on him. Don't make it easy on right. him. Don't play some soft coverage that gives him the easy opportunities. There was a great play early in the game, eight-man coverage with eyes in the quarterback, and Jerome Baker closes it down. Or Maybe it was Xavier Howard that got yeah. that sack. They throw the cat blitz with the cornerback, Byron Jones, off the edge. He never blitzes. That's right. a new look. Later on, you have Alvin Kamara kind of in a close condensed set close to the formation and he has a possible option route there and they bracket it and take him away so I thought the game yeah. plan too was fantastic from the Dolphins coaching staff yeah when you look at me who are you going to take away in this game Kamara. Kamara you have to you have to find a way and he's more dangerous I think in the passing game than he is in the run game so yeah you get an opportunity you got your you know you got your guys X and, and Byron you know on on some one-on-ones but then you get a guy like like Kamara, and you bracket him. You, we'll call I know got somebody on the inside, somebody on the outside. Whatever you do, we've got it covered, and that's ideal. You know, you got a, a quarterback that's under a lot of pressure from the beginning of this game. Then you got a you know running back that they're going to run the shorter routes with. You bracket that. Then where does he go with the football? He gets sacked. That's what happened this game. So when you go with a, a defensive scheme like that, bringing some pressure, different looks. Looks like guys are coming eight across. You know, some guys are bailing. Some guys are coming off the edge and, and vice versa. I mean, that's exactly what you do to a young quarterback. Smart quarterback. He went to Notre Dame. Played some big games. But, hey, he ain't played against the Miami Dolphin defense. That, that or any NFL today. defense yeah. for that matter. Well, he played against than, his own, I'm sure. Yeah, but even then, he wasn't playing <laughs> against the starters. He didn't get any reps against the ones. Yeah. So, so look, that was an eye-opening experience, I'm sure, for him. He'll grow from that. He'll never see anything like that again in his life. And, and you know, but that's – I go back to what I said earlier. That's what you're supposed to do against a young guy who isn't prepared to handle that kind of heat. That's what you got to do. Are you, would you guys be upset with me if I told you I was disappointed about the 56-yard completion to little Jordan Humphrey? Because <laughs> it would have barely been over 100 yards. With that play and the Camara play, the 19-yard rush, they were under 100 yards without those two plays. I thought they both were a little bit could have gone either way. So, for some reason, that annoys me because it was so dominant by Miami. And it, sure, it certainly shows up in the stats, too. We talked about eight sacks. Book finishes the game 12 for 20, a buck 35, two picks, and eight sacks. And that first pick... How pumped were you guys on, what was it, the, the third defensive play of the game? Yeah. A tip pass by Andrew Van Ginkle, who I thought did a fantastic job of going. Uh, again. Third and two, I, I'm trying to run, run this pass rush game, but I see the quarterback get to his drop. I'm going to go, and he's separating the hands, which means the ball's coming out. So he gets separation from his man juice and gets his hands up in the air, gets the tip, and there's Nick Needham to take it in. Talk about how that kind of set the, just set a tone for the course of that game. Well, even more importantly, Travis, the fact that the offense went out there and went, what, three and out. Yep. You know, and, you know, we got the ball first, went out there with three and out, and I said, well, this is just as good as us getting the ball first and scoring. It was huge. You know, defense comes in there, and they, and they get a score right away. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better defensive start, and it kind of set the tone for the whole rest of the game and how the defense is going to play, man. But heck of a play, as usual. Look, man, 
we can sit here and talk about our defense like all night because of you know so many guys were such a, had such an instrumental part and an instrumental role in, in what we're doing. And just that start right there, Van Ginkle getting his hands up, not getting there on something quick, getting his hands up, and we run under for a pick six. Then all the sacks when guys are gluing guys you know across the board, eight in the box it looks like, and guys come from different angles you know and guys getting there. So I thought that start right there is the way you set the tone right away, especially when you're going into, you know, in the New Orleans where it's so loud in there. It was loud for a while, but then it was loud because I heard a lot of Dolphin chatter. You know what I mean? I heard the Duke chants. Mm -hmm. You know, we quiet a crowd that's usually incredibly loud, especially on Monday Night Football, and that was a, that's how you do it. You started by getting it done early with your defense. That would quiet people down really fast. Yeah, I thought you mentioned Needham driving on that pass. I thought he was in position to make a play regardless of the tip, and that was just kind of the, the whole focus of the night, Seth, and that's kind of been a focus of the whole season, getting your hand on the football. But, man, up front, these guys are deep. They, yeah. They come in waves. They put pressure on you. I mean, Absolutely. Against the running game, it, I, how pumped are you to watch that when you, I know you have a bit of affinity for defensive line play? Yeah, well, certainly around the edge. But, no, I mean, look, just put pressure on the quarterback. I've been talking to you about this since the offseason. I don't, I don't even remember who the guest was, but we wanted to start <laughs> changing the way that we play defense. This was a physical, dominant defense last year that forced turnovers. One of the top teams in the league forcing turnovers. Do what you do best. You know, how many times have we heard this year we're going to take what the defense gives us? How about you do what you do best? and you dictate to the other team. And, and so defensively, I don't give them anything. Uh, you know, especially when you have these rookies that show up and start bringing heat like that, especially when you have two safeties yes. that can bring heat like that, especially when you have corners that can cover. Get after the quarterback. This entire game is built around the ability of the quarterback to make plays, move an offense, lead a team. And if you can disrupt the quarterback, you disrupt the entire game plan of that team on both sides of the ball and that's what they did today and you have to do that when you're playing the fourth string quarterback and you know regardless of how many games he won at Notre Dame regardless of how bright his future may or may not be you have to get after the quarterback and that's exactly what they did. I'm glad you mentioned the safeties talking about the D line there. It's it's all three levels this pass rush comes from. Brandon Jones gets his fifth sack of the season. That's most in the NFL among all defensive backs. Javon Holland gets a half sack as well. We'll check on pressures and the drive time podcast. We'll have those numbers for you on the recap podcast. I want to come back and talk more about the offense, the mistakes, and all. Tua Tungavailoa bounces back again. But first, get your new Volvo with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volvo Cars, Coconut Creek, or online at GuntherVolvoCars.net. For car buying done your way. You got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from New Orleans 20 to 3. The Dolphins win their seventh straight. You're listening to the fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Give your game day menu the perfect kick of spice with Old El Paso. Try recipes the whole team will love, like slow cooker, cheesy chicken, enchilada bean dip, air fryer beef taquitos, or carnitas mini taco bowls. Visit oldelpaso.com for these recipes and more game day favorites. Old El Paso taco together. You want to talk about tacoing together. Talk about the way this Dolphins team plays a complimentary style of football. We, we kind of touched on this in the first segment, Juice, but I want to come back to it because we only got to it very briefly there. But the way this Dolphins team approached this game tonight, and I guess throughout the course of this winning streak, we've kind of seen this, especially in the second half of games, has kind of taken the air out of the football and they've been efficient with it. They've been effective with it. But in the first half of this game, I think maybe the, the Twitter universe, some of the fans out there wanting to see kind of this high-flying show. Maybe you want to see two Tua Tungavailoa have a 400-yard day on Monday night in his debut. 
but we just were never going to get that. I'm curious to get your What take. made you think that was going to happen, right? <laughs> if you watched them play Tom Brady, what made you think Tua was going to do that? Right. Hope, right. hope, I guess. I, I, Hoping I don't for care. I mean, that's just not what he of, does. Of certain narratives, but... I mean, we that that's been the approach in the second half of some of these games, but tonight from the from the jump, the Dolphins came out and they were clearly going to play a game where there was a mistake-free type of game, but Juice they didn't get that early with penalties and sacks and some missed throws, two of throws a bad pick, and as a result, it was a close game up until really the midway through the third quarter. Yeah, there are some things that they really 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 should be better at at this point in the season. And that that's a fact, you know. You know, we our our, our RPO game should be a lot better than what it's been. Um, I thought, you know, at times during our win streak, we've, we've been very efficient, doing very well. Now, today we did see some some mistakes by the offense and quite a few of them that could have hurt us in a, in a tighter ball game. The holding penalties for one. I mean, those are, those are going to be killers in, in, in tighter games, obviously. Cutting down drives or even took away a first down that Waddle had and one hold that we had, you know. And also the, the interception you talked about. And on top of that, I mean – Tua was not his sharp self today. And we've seen that a couple times in a row now, it seems like. you know. But he does seem to find a way to bounce back. He's got that short-term memory that we talk about that DBs need to have. You know, He throws the pick, and he comes back and takes it down on the drive, man. And that's what you have to have. And he's got that type of confidence, which I, which I love. Made a couple big throws. We, you know, we had some nice you know, some plays in there. But offense, honestly, they just didn't make the big, big mistake. They didn't do anything spectacular or flashy. I mean, the pick was uh, could have been worse. But uh, for the most part, they were in a game that they knew their defense was dominating and they were smart with the football. Offensively calling the plays and also how we handle it as a, as a, as a unit, as, an, as, a, as a quarterback. That 40-yard bomb was a dime. I mean, That was a beautiful and, throw. And, and for Mac, And a hell of a catch. Yeah, that release he had to, to get inside instantly, to get his ability to stack the, re- the defensive mm-hmm. back. You know, Who, by the way, was hanging all over all him. Over Where him. was the flag? Hey, we're not going to get that, that call. One My bad. God. We, we all did. But the ball gets right, hung right in there. And that's, that's from third and nine on your own 15-yard line in a 10-3 to game. If you miss that throw, you're punting. The Saints probably have field position around the plus. 40 yeah. or even better than that and all of a sudden now the drive gets cranking you put seven points on the board 17-3 and at that moment it kind of feels like the game is out of reach because of the way the, the flow of the game was going for the Dolphins defense so I thought that was really the biggest moment of the game and coming off the pick where they showed it on ESPN he had Waddle on the intermediate crosser Hollins was the deep one split in the two safeties just it just took the wrong throw and then to make things worse he overthrew it so right that was kind of back to the old one throw a game we don't like that was kind of it wasn't it so. well so it was and I don't think it was just that one throw though I think what was tough for me and look I'm not here to bash Tua I, I think ultimately we're better with Tua in the game than when we're not you know we've seen that here over the last however many six seven games but I, there were some decisions there were fumbles there when when the pocket got messy juice you know, Tua did some good things to get away from pressure, but I feel like there's that moment where he needs to, I don't want to say quit on the play, but he needs to tuck the ball and protect the football. There's nothing right. more important than protecting the football, especially when you get in scoring position. And 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 both times, you know, when those fumbles occurred, he was trying to make that last-second throw with guys hanging all over him, his arms getting chopped, the ball's coming loose. And I just think you can't be that careless with the football. Yeah, and that's the thing right there, Seth, that would kill us in, in a tighter ball game. Right. You know, yeah. don't make that mistake when your defense is playing so well. 
And boy, how about my boy Waddle, you know, who we'll talk about later, obviously, because I'm always oh, talking man. about the wide receivers. His hustle play on the one sack and forced fumble, you know, being able to get in there and, and mix it up in there was allowed us to get the, the, the fumble recovery. I think Eichenberg might have. I'm not sure. But one of our offensive linemen picked that up. Yeah, he poked and that, the defender really. Yeah, that was huge game. right there. And so you're right, man. Protect the football at all costs to it. I mean, that's the quarterback's job in those situations to not allow the team on the other side that is struggling to move the football to get in the game from the defense side of the football. And that's what almost happened. He's got to move the ball and he's got to be a caretaker of the ball. And yeah. so so those are the things that, look, that overthrow was a bad throw. It's atypical of him, especially that he went away from Waddle when he was open, because that's certainly not the norm. But But I think when things get messy in there, and and there were a couple moments where he did some really good things, but I don't know what it is, Juice. We talked about getting a little antsy in the pocket when the pressure's coming. We know there's probably more pressure than any of us would like to see on him this year, although I do think the offensive line has certainly played better over the last yeah. six or seven weeks than what they did earlier in the year. And, and just, I, I think, tuck it, man, and just come back for the next play or let your kicker go in there and get three on the board and line up again and let that defense start eating again. But don't give up the ball because it's not only just giving up the ball, but I think and, – and it never happened, but there's that opportunity for a momentum switch. Right. And you never want to give a, a team that's reeling that opportunity. Yeah, and you know, also you think about it. We're an offense that, that goes on long extended drives. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? We're trying to do 8 to 12 play drives. And you can't make mistakes in right. those situations. You right. really can't. And that's the the longer the drive goes, you know, you're, you're going to make the you, you know better chance of making a mistake. Yeah. So Tua really is smart with the football for the most part. But he does, like you said, Travis. Like once a game, we get one of those Aaron throws, one of those bad ideas, you know, that could really could really hurt you in a, in a tight ball game. Yeah, and and you know, he had cut that down for a couple of weeks there, but it's come back the last couple of games and it hasn't cost him. So that's, that's the fortunate part. And the way he bounces back too, I think we talked about it already, but it's worth being said that he does bounce back pretty much as well as anybody doing it right now. But you, you talk about that game plan and there's just the first half, like third and four, you sack on that first field goal drive that kind of knocks him back third and two holding call negates a first down at the first drive of the second quarter. Then that final drive, you get a second and one holding call a first and five holding call, and then the same drive, a third and two sack for negative nine yards that puts you in a 59-yard field goal, mm. seven penalties for 65 yards on the night. So that was the part that kind of just irked me that I thought the Dolphins could have put this game away earlier than they did. I mean, it's a win, it's a win, it's a win, so who cares? But if you want to get really kind of into the nitty-gritty of it, I thought that was annoying. But also to kind of pivot back to the positive, Seth, you mentioned Jalen Waddle, and I can't believe we're in a segment three and we haven't talked about his entire game yet, but this guy, <laughs> like I, I keep seeing the discourse about – the Dolphins traded up to get him. What they did was they added a first-round pick and got this kid who was the entire focal point of the offense. I mean, that touchdown reception that he gets, a little pop pass, end around, flip, reverse, whatever that was, I don't think you could run that play with anybody else. He also tied Jerry Rice for most catches by a rookie in a Monday night football game with 10. That's Jerry, uh, uh, yeah, hold, uh, Jerry yeah. Tied Rice. Tied who? Yeah, right. Jerry Rice. Right. He, he set the Dolphins. Arguably the greatest football player in the history of the sport. Receiving yardage Absolutely. record for a rookie. Set that. He has the. He's now very close. How many? He's catches? second all time in receptions for a rookie he'll in the get, history of the sport. Next week. So uh, and maybe in the first quarter. And and we talked a little bit about the Saints and kind of taking away Alvin Kamara. I guarantee you, everybody wants to take away Jalen Waddle, but Juice. I don't know if you can do it. Can you take him out of a game? Because it hasn't happened this year. He has not had one of these games where he's completely out of the game plan. It is. You know why it's so hard? They're lining up everywhere. Today he was in the backfield. He was in the slot. He was out wide. He was, you know, in the in the bunch formation. So and then it goes in motion. So how do you how do you find a way to take him out? 
And, and if they do, it's just going to leave Durham Smythe open to eat yeah, all day, right? That's right. Your boy Durham's <laughs> chomping at the bit, you know what I mean? Because uh, they see all those situations. And, you know, when you know when they when they locked down Parker today, who had you know, that was pretty wild to watch. Yeah, um, but then you got then you have to deal with everybody else, including my man Mac Hollins, including you know Gusicki and those guys, and Smythe who had a decent game as well. But then Waddle is all over the place. You we talked about how you do I and O, you know, against Kamara. You know, when you got him lined up in one spot, it's easy to do that. But when you got a guy moving all over the place. How do you how do you go in you know inside outside coverage on him? Who do you who's going to, who's got the assignment? Who's going to mess up the assignment? Who's going to blow the assignment? And that's that's why you move him around like that. You know, see who's got me the two, the, the two sets of eyes that are going to have me, and then can you still stop me? When he's got the one on ones, he's impossible to stop. And, and so, just talk about that for a second, because one of my favorite things in watching the games with you, and at home games, I don't get to do that because we know you're in the stands and I'm in the press box. But when we sit and watch these road games, I love hearing you appreciate. Waddle's work and it, like we give you a hard time here because we know you're wide receiver driven we know <laughs> Waddle's always going to get some love but you're like ooh like every you love the routes you you see yeah. the nuance I tweeted about it I said Ju- yeah. Juice has said it about four times tonight Waddle woo yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah the nuance what are you seeing that gets you that excited just the nuance of the game we see the obvious but what are you seeing yeah you know not only you know we you see a lot of quickness in short space and that's what he really brings to the table right there man phone booth quicks yeah oh my god he He's got for one, you know, he's 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 so good at threatening with the DBs trying to take away. So he's so quick with that. So if you got a guy that's playing him hard inside, he's not just gonna outside release. He's gonna force that mm. inside a little bit and then he'll get up the field. Then he's gonna give him some at the top of the route. The one route he ran where he ran the out route, he gave the DB so much business at the line of scrimmage. He bumped him all the way down, then he got on top of him, then he broke out, gave him a little bit at the top of his stem, and then broke outside wide open and, and Tua put it on him, man. So his ability to, to take away what they're trying to take away or threaten what they're trying to take away, get vertical, and then come out with breaks like so fast, mm-hmm. it makes him virtually impossible to stop. So you have to go inside out on him. So the, the guy, if he had help on the outside, we have to go somewhere else with football. But they were they were, they were were bold, and they played one-on-one and, and Waddle chewed him up. Oh, I love that. That's great analysis there. And also when the offense is better built to accommodate his vertical game, Man, watch out. Yeah. He finishes this game 10 for 92 in a touchdown, and his 25 fantasy points made me a loser in my semifinal and game. And I love when points. you lose And I couldn't be happier Dolphins. about it, Seth. I was going to get <laughs> I there. I love it. I was going to get there. There it is. So we have Brian Flores' <laughs> press conference, Tua Tungavailoa, coming up. Game balls in hour number two. Get your new Volvo with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volvo Cars, Delray Beach, or online at GuntherVolvo.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from New Orleans, Dolphins 20, Saints 3. Your list to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. The Dolphins are back in action, and this season you can be back in the stands to experience it all live. Get verified tickets from Ticketmaster, the official marketplace of the NFL, and you will not miss a single epic moment. And rest assured, if your plans change, Ticketmaster has you covered because selling your seats securely with Ticketmaster is as easy as a few taps. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com Dolphins. Dolphins are winners of seven consecutive games as we do every single postgame show here. Let's go ahead and throw it to Brian Flores and his postgame media hey brian i know the season isn't over and and you still you guys still have you know at least two more games to play in the regular season but um to, to start one and seven and to win seven games and put yourself in a position where you just need to win and be in the playoffs i guess what do you want the overarching message to be uh for, for anyone that looks at your team and the turnaround that you've had this season 
Um, you know, I think you know our, our, this team stuck together really the entire year. Um, you know, I think you know obviously we dealt with a lot of adversity early in the year, um, and you know, I think uh, you know it revealed a lot of, of, of uh, real revealed a lot. You know, I would say revealed the character of the guys in, this, in our locker room. Um, you know, revealed you know that uh, you know some people are with you and some people are on the fence. Um, and uh, I think our guys just kept fighting. They kept sticking together. And, um, you know, I think that's – they support each other. Um, they work hard. They give great effort. And when you do those things, um, you, know, you put yourself in a position to get the results you're looking for. David? Coach, uh, can you talk about your defensive approach against Ian Book making his NFL debut and uh, Nick Needham's early pick six, uh, setting the tone in that regard? Yeah, you know, credit to Josh um, and the defensive staff. But we have a nice game plan, um, you know, mixing coverages, uh, mixing the fronts. Uh, did a good job stopping a run, run which was a big emphasis. Um, thought the guys just played. They played hard. They played fast. They gave great effort. Um, we knew it was going to be a 16-minute game. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. It was a physical Saints team. Uh, you know, Sean had them ready. Had some, some made some adjustments in, in the game that, you know, then we had to make some adjustments. So, I thought they had a good plan. Um, you know, we 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 just made a few more plays than they did. Joe. Hello. Um, it was referenced a little bit earlier, but just to be more specific about it. The Dolphins are currently in playoff position with two games to play. What what are your thoughts on on the idea that the team does not have to rely on anybody else? Just focus on the games ahead for the Dolphins. I think I think the games you know this week you know we'll enjoy tonight, but the game ahead is is you know going to be as tough as any game we've we've we're going to play. I've already taken a little a look at, at Tennessee. Obviously, I know Mike. I have a lot of respect for him. I know, uh, you know he'll have his guys ready. So, um, you know, we'll enjoy tonight. Um, you know, I think they, they our guys played a, a, a hard-fought 60-minute game. Um, you know, so we'll enjoy this one. And then we'll turn the page and, uh, and, and get started on, on you know, the next opponent. Omar? In terms of what this team has been able to accomplish going, winning seven straight games, how difficult is that to – I know every game is, is every game is a one-game playoff situation and, and you have a linear focus on the season, but to win seven straight games is kind of an accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's really just one in a row, and that's really all we're trying to do. Um, and that's kind of the approach and – I think our guys, you know, kind of taking that, taking to that approach, and then, um, you know, the preparation, you know, how important the preparation is. I don't know who that is talking, but um, you know, the preparation um, that's needed to, 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 you know, get results in this league. It's there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot of work, a lot of working together. Um, I think our, you know, George, Eric, uh, Danny, uh, Josh, you know, our, our coaching staff. Um, he's done a nice job of putting together game plans and, and giving our guys a, a chance to have some success. You know, now the, the the focus is to try to um, do it do it do it one more time.
Adam? Uh, hey, Flo, I wanted to get a little clarity in the answer you gave earlier. Uh, you said that, you know, it revealed a lot about your locker room, revealed that some people were with you and some people were on the fence. Was that talking about people outside of the building or inside of the building? Um, look, there's distractions always. And when, you know, when things are going, aren't going, you know, your way, I think, you know, it just reveals a lot about, um, about, about, uh, you know, the, about, about a lot of things, I would say. Um, so, uh, look, I've always had belief in this team, our players, our coaches, um, you know, we, we, Maybe there were some people who, who didn't share that same belief, and I understand, you know, why. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's not about you know anyone else. It's about the guys in that locker room, and the guys in our building, and the people in our building. And um, we believe in each other. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. We're looking forward to breaking that down. But real quick here, let's pause ten seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKIS, WKIS HD1, and WKIS HD2 Boca Raton. Home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. So there's Brian Flores after the Dolphins' seventh straight victory. And Seth, bless their hearts, those beat guys are going to keep trying. But he is not going to talk about the winning streak, the playoffs, or any of that. Uh, well, no. You know what, though? He was pretty reflective. Let me say this, though. First things first, now that we're back in a Zoom environment, mute your damn mic when you're talking <laughs> to Brian Flores because he's going to call you out. Ooh-wee. He's going to call I don't know who that is. Mute your mics. But listen, I-, I thought it was a great first question. And typically, Coach Flores does not like to take a step back and reflect upon all that is and give you that above the trees look down on his season, his team. But he did a little bit, and he talked about the team sticking together. And what I really loved hearing is that he said it revealed a lot. Okay, yes. And I, what I would love is if somehow we could sit and be in the inner <laughs> circle juice and find out what he's referring to. But when Coach Flores said it revealed a lot, JT used to always say, hey, everyone says that adversity builds character. He says, no, it reveals character. And I think that's what Coach Flores is talking about here. And when I drove in, to, and I don't know if you guys did, I was listening to K-Raj and Channing, and they were talking to Joe Rose and JT in the pregame show, and they were reflecting upon that dreaded 2007 season, had some fun telling some ridiculous Cam Cameron stories, but they talked about how they Cam lost that team in, in preseason, preseason yeah. okay? And so by the time they were 0-5, 0-6, they had no chance. This was a 1-7 football team, guys. The entire universe was calling for people to be traded, people to be fired on the coaching staff, on the you know in the front office, all of those things. And they've just won seven in a row. So when the, co- the head coach, the head ball coach, who, by the way, doesn't like to give you a whole lot of, of what's going on in the inner sanctum, tells you that moments like these reveal a lot, that tells me that he knows who he's got in that locker room. He knows who he's got on his coaching staff. He knows who he's got uh, you know, on that administrative staff. And that, to me, the rest of it, yeah, okay, great. Here's what happened to the game, and that's fine, and this guy played hard, and that guy. But that tells me that Brian Flores knows who's around him, who he wants around him. And if you see anybody depart at the end of this season, you, you know, that'll give yeah. you a hint as to what was revealed during that seven-game losing streak. Yeah, you- like like he said, I love the fact that he said it's all about the people in the building. 
You know, the, yeah. the people in the yeah. building. He was one of the things that he talked about. He said, "It's no accident. Know, that's how right. you built the team, right? Like right. that's that's the idea." Sorry he said, "Some jump. people. No, you're okay, bro. Some. He said, some people were with us. Some people were on the fence. On the fence. On the fence. God, that was good stuff. Yeah, that was good stuff, man. You know what I mean? Oh, I and the guys oh, that you can tell the guys that are that are all in, man, because those guys you see out there on the field probably more than anybody as well. Yeah, and I gotta tell you what, if I want to be employed by the Miami Dolphins. I don't want Brian Flores thinking I'm on the fence. Oh no, man. I'm just saying that right now. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you're all in or all out with <laughs> That's Coach not Cohen. the dude I, I want wondering <laughs> if I'm on the fence or I'm in on his side of the fence. You know, and I and I, I like the <laughs> fact that, you know, they talk about a win streak, you know. He's all about what we talk about all the time. You you said they tried to set him up, try to get him going, Trevor. They're not gonna I get him. A winning streak of one, pretty much what we're talking about. Oh, we, so that's good. it. That's it. He said winning one in a row is all we can do. You know what I mean? And that's that's all they can do. You know, now they've won this one. They're going to enjoy it tonight, like he said. He said he's already started looking at Tennessee. He knows Mike oh, very well. You know, and so now it's on to Tennessee for, like, the players are going to enjoy this this flight back. Trust me, they are. You know, but Coach Flo's probably going to watch him. He's going to be watching film on the plane, on the on the flight back. There's well, no doubt. He's going to be watching he's film behind, on the flight right? back. He's behind 24 hours. Yeah, so it's like, uh, yeah, we've got to get a jump because, yeah, we've already lost today. But he so does know Mike. He's already been he does know Mike. looked at Tennessee film, you know. Of course they have, you know. So <laughs> they might have done that today. Who knows, man. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. And we're starting to get more and more out of flow, it seems like. Mm-hmm. You know, seven seven games in a row. You know, he could have been – I mean, he could have been mad at the world too because of the way things were going when they lost those seven straight. But he say he, he stayed the course, he's so he stayed consistent. focused, everything's been the same. And, you know, he might go out there and say they're this close, you know, alignment, assignment, execute, whatever it might have been, you know. But people weren't really believing that they were that close. But they really honestly were that close. And he was unwavering. Game. He yeah. said our preparation yeah. is good. He, he says I'm evaluating and I'm looking at everything. I'm starting with me. But I believe our preparation is good. And we're like, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear that. <laughs> but they stuck with it. Yep. They haven't changed the game plan. And the players repeat it, and it's shown up on the field. Real quick, Seth, you made a point about the Cam Cameron season. One of my favorite moments from that entire season was the first game. when Remember when Ronnie Brown was put on the bench behind Jesse Chapman? Oh, come on, man. And he got dinged up in a game, and someone on a Dolphins message board wrote, well, at least we have a good backup at running back. I always <laughs> thought that was really funny. It's pretty good. I never understood that decision to sit Ronnie Brown the first two games. He's trying to teach Ronnie Brown. Yeah, yeah, send a message. I remember that. <sighs> Coming up, to Watonga by Lowe, we'll talk game balls. We're also going to talk about the outside noise slash the playoffs, all of that and possibility of rap. Don't be on the fence. We're going to talk about that. Get your new Volvo with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volvo Cars, Coconut Creek, or at GuntherVolvoCars.net. For car buying down your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from New Orleans, the 20-3, uh, the Dolphins take their seventh straight. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at the seminal Hard Rock Hollywood. And guys, I wanted to ask you about something we touched on there with the Brian Flores Media, and it's the perspective of this outside news. We talked about how we were all being kind of giddy together on Sunday, talking about the scores, and you know, I, I, I was thinking about how we watched those games and how the players were in New Orleans on Sunday, you know, getting ready for this game. And they had to have had the TV on in the hotel, right? Juice, I, I want to ask you what it's like to sit there and kind of take in all the stuff as a player, the stuff that, what does Nick Saban call it, rat poison? How do you contend with rat poison on a Sunday when everything went your way across the league? Boy, it's hard, man. It's hard. It really is hard, man. To, you know, for one, you know, 
I always love Monday night games, but I hate waiting to play Monday night games. I bet. You know what I mean? But it is the game where the whole world's watching. Every team is home. Sunday night games were fun, too, but, you know, half the teams are traveling, so they don't get a chance to watch. You know, everybody's family's at home and friends are watching on Monday night, man. But I'm going to tell you, you sit there and you watch everything kind of fall into place yesterday. And what it does, it gets you pumped up even more, man. You know you got to go out there as a Dolphin player. You know you got to go out there and win every single game, starting with the game tonight, right? But then you see everything starting to, you know, to work out for you. You see the teams that you need to win or lose or doing just that. It's a, it's, man, you get excited. Think about this, man. We, we had a chance last year kind of to get into the playoffs that last in, in week 17. We went to Buffalo and, and had a, obviously a terrible showing. You know, this year now, you I mean, they're, they're, we're in the same kind of situation, but when you get things that happen for you the way they are, you know, you, you're, you're excited about it. So take, for example, like, look, look at the guys and how they came out there playing, especially on the defensive side of the football. I mean, you gotta, you got to be – I, I can only imagine how they couldn't sleep last night. Me, I can never sleep, but when I know we got an opportunity to go out there and, and raise some hay, you know, make some, make some noise – Boy, it, it'd be it'd be really really tough for me to go out there. So, I mean, these guys they went out there. They were focused. We didn't make a lot of mistakes offensively. We talked about a little bit. Didn't play the best game, but that defense knew they were ready to knock somebody out. And you got an opportunity to go out there with a young sacrificial lamb out there in terms of you <laughs> know young Ian Book out <laughs> That's there. A good way to you know it. what I mean sitting out there and you know <laughs> chained up to the pole. They 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 really went after him, man. <laughs> Damn. But uh, they 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 took advantage of the situation, man. And I was so Seth and I were. This, early this morning, we're talking about different stuff, but we're talking about the game a little bit too. And for me, Travis, I'd be so nervous all day. Like I was nervous. I wouldn't. I I had no chance of affecting the outcome of the game today. <laughs> Don't say that, Juice. I had zero chance of affecting the outcome of the game today. Rooting but I was I was so nervous Absolutely. today, man. I couldn't even eat, man. I was doing all kinds of stuff around the house that I wouldn't usually do. Oh, I, I can't imagine what the players. <laughs> I wasn't were that nervous. I went, <laughs> I went for a long walk just, <laughs> but, to, di- but, just to get out of the house today. Yeah, for sure. So, Juice, the thing that I think is pretty cool, and I, you know, I don't know if anybody else cares about this, but typically you're playing on Sunday on a road game. You travel. You get to the hotel on Saturday. Ninety-nine percent of the guys get to put on a game. Juice never did because Randall Hill. Won- <laughs> I thought I was going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Randall Hill didn't want to watch any football, but you know everybody else is watching their alma mater, whatever the big game is. How often do you get to travel to a city? I mean, I guess one team does a week, but where you get to travel to a city and you get to watch your peers, you get right. to watch uh, your friends in the league, you get to watch the teams that could impact your chances. Now, I don't know what game what, what, what yeah. game do you guys think they would have had in New Orleans? They, they probably didn't get Buffalo, New England, or maybe they did. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, national. That was yeah, a national, national game. game. So I don't, I, you know, I don't know what game they got to watch there, probably that one, but all those guys, to your point, Juice, they watch that game. They understand the impact yeah. of that outcome, so they had to feel good about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they're, they're there are a few teams that get four or five primetime games a year. You've got Tom Brady on your team or things like that. Well, they'll have a Sunday night. There aren't and, any other things and, like that. And four <laughs> and four Monday night games, and you know, and uh, you get a chance to watch games all the time, man. It's really nice for our young guys to get a chance to go out there and play some primetime football. Yeah, we played a Thursday night game against Baltimore, and that was great for them as well. But to get the Monday night game, man, the Monday night game is what you grew up as a kid. When I was a kid, Monday night game came on at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, and that was, that was tough to stay up for, man. I fell asleep on every single one of those, man. You know, when the game's going to end at midnight or 1230-ish, you know, that's and I got school the next day, that yeah. wasn't going to work out very well. But for young guys to be able to go out there and you go out there and you play. Like, take, take for example, you know, Kamara, who's one of the best running backs in the game, 
maybe you know possibly he's top for for you know for the, the history of the game, the way he plays the game. You know, then you got a guy like Javon Holland, you know, or Brandon Jones that are young guys that get a chance to go out there and play against them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fun stuff for those guys, man. You get an opportunity to be. You know, to make a big impact in a game that's so big for your team, you know, that, that's fun stuff. So it's so a tough. Back to the original question. Playing at night on Monday night, it, it's it's a lot of fun, man. But it's, and then you, you know, watching the games on, on Saturday and Sunday. I think they, what they left yesterday, right? And so they got a chance to watch, you know, some, some little bit of football on Saturday, a little bit of football on Sunday. And now they get a chance to go out there and perform in front of the whole world. And they did a great job. Seth, you, you've always told us Harvey Green stories about <laughs> sending certain stats into the sideline. Hey, Jimmy, yeah, yeah, just yeah. in case you want to know about so-and-so's sure. franchise record, whatever play it might be, in, in regards to when you're talking about you know, the, the messaging and the team approach and how a coach wants to, to put things out there, are you watching those games with that same mentality? Is, is coach aware of of what's going on around them and, and the possibility of winning this game means we control our own destiny and put ourselves in that position in the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs. Right. Well, in a Monday night game, it's kind of a non-factor because he's got everything accessible to him. But if it's a Sunday game and you're, you know, playing to get in or what have you, there's always somebody, you know, not an equipment guy, but somebody who those guys who volunteer and come work game days and, and game day staff, there's somebody inside the locker room that's watching TV. Clearly you're watching everything in the press box. But the coach is going to be as aware as the coach wants to be. So if the coach wants that information, there's typically somebody that's the coach's guy or gal that that gets that information. And if that's somebody on the sidelines, then the PR person knows who that person is, and they're calling that information down. Hey, you know, so for in the Jimmy Johnson years, it was the head trainer, right? So that that was his guy, and and he would call down to him. You know, we would call down and give him that update, and. He would determine when the right time is to let Jimmy know that information. And I think it carried over to Dave, too, probably the same guy. Or sometimes Stu Weinstein. Sometimes Stu would be the guy. Stu was there and it was security, but you'd get something in his ear. Sometimes it would be, hey, so-and-so only needs three more yards. You know, yes, the game is won, but so-and-so only needs three more yards for a 100-yard game. Or so-and-so, you know, hasn't had a catch yet all game, and they've got a 120-something game winning streak. Sometimes they don't care. Keith Byers got a little upset, Juice. Oh, boy, he, was he mad. <laughs> Keith Byers had a, rece- a reception streak in however many 100-something games, whatever it is, and, uh, and, and he didn't get his catch. Oh, he's not happy. At all. And I, it, it was called down. I can promise you, hey, Keith doesn't have a catch. He's got a streak. I can promise Jimmy you. didn't care. Jimmy didn't oh, – we won't even go there. Didn't care for Keith much. <laughs> Jimmy no. didn't care for Keith. Keith, Keith didn't, didn't care, care for Jimmy. Jimmy. No. I think that that probably is still the case, however many years later. Correct. But to answer your question, the coach is going to be aware as aware as he wants to be. And that means if he wants that information – now, they're not going to call down to the coach. He's got too many other things to focus on. But there's somebody down there – who has the authority who to have that access to get in that coach's ear, and everybody needs to know who that person is because that person is funneling the information. Right. I don't know who it is in this with this organization, but that's okay. We don't need to know everything. I don't need to know who's calling plays. I don't need to know who's throwing the flag. You know who's saying call the replay, which we need to talk about the replay at some point today because there was a replay. There was a there were flags that I questioned throughout the year that have been thrown red flags. There was one that I thought should have been thrown today. We can get to that when the time is right. But to answer your question, yeah, absolutely. You make the coach aware when he wants to be made aware. Those are our two segments, just so you know. We're, we're coming back to it, and also just you know what that could have been a big that could have been a big <laughs> yes, play. We don't run away with this thing twenty to three. 100%. That non 
questioning of what I thought was a first down by Miles Gaskin yeah. could have been a big play. With a pylon angle to show you clearly that he did Right in front of everybody. It's Monday Night Football. To, Everything is caught on camera. To finish your previous point, I, I like how we were talking in the fourth quarter about how, did man, make we, any let, points? let's get, let's get Waddle points. one more catch so he can break the Rice record. We knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. They weren't going to do that. But we have seen John Harbaugh this year run the football in a game where they were in victory formation in that in that range to go victory formation and run the football to extend their 100-yard rushing streak. We saw Zach Taylor and the Bengals yesterday throw the football to get Burrow over 500 yards late in that game as well. So it does happen all the time. It absolutely happens. I don't know if Coach Flores wants that kind of information or not, but I can guarantee you Ann Nolan knows, right? I mean, Ann Nolan was clearly new Coach Flores from New England. I I don't know the hiring practice and how Ann Nolan was chosen. She's doing a great job there. Coach obviously trusts her, so she's got to know whether Coach Flores wants information or not. And if he wants it, you can darn sure guarantee that Ann's going to make sure it gets to him. Great stuff, guys. Hour two coming up here uh, just in a minute. We're going to get to the game balls. We'll hear from Tua Tunga-Vailoa and plenty more. Miami Dolphins fans, are you ready for game day? Well, with Cheez-It, you can choose your perfect game day snack made with 100% real cheese for a deliciously cheesy snack experience. So stock up on all your favorite flavors, and we'll see you back here at your favorite game. Again, the final score from New Orleans, 20-3. Miami wins it. You're listening to the fifth quarter post-game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.